everyone, and welcome to a generic sports cast. Uh, used to be called Talking Tigs, but I don't, I don't know how much talking we're going to do about the Tigs tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a blowout loss to Auburn on the road, forty-eight to eleven, uh, which I don't think any of us really expected. But um, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but probably not too much. I mean, there's some so there was some good news. Uh, this week and LSU did have some some nice recruits uh, commit actually even in spite of that horrible display of of football. But um, before we uh, touch on any of that, I want to check in with the the co-hosts, see how you guys are doing. Uh, I know probably not you know as excited as we would be after a nice win, but um, nonetheless, hopefully you know there's something else going on that gave you joy. So so how are you guys doing? Uh, I mean. We're okay. I'm, I think I will. At least I'm okay. Not uh, not pleased with the way that uh, you know, Elshie's playing. But other than that, I guess it's fine. Yeah, the the Halloween weekend went pretty good. Besides the the performance we had on the field, enjoyed watching some of the other games and the, the Halloween festivities and stuff. I didn't get any trick or treaters at the house. I was kind of sad. I wanted to, I had some candy to give out to the kids, and nobody showed up. Sad. Uh, I had the light on all night, but it is what it is. Uh, maybe oh. next, maybe next year. Yeah, no, I had the same thing happen, or at least that's what my, my wife told me. Uh, she set up some stuff, you know, wasn't expecting to hand it out personally, just put a little display, but nobody came by. I guess the the trick was on us. You know, <laughs> no one wanted the treats. Uh, nobody showed up here, and, you know, kind of like the, uh, the LSU offense, at least for the first three quarters, <laughs> nobody showed up. But, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. It's It's, you know, I just kind of feel like we're all – tricked by this offense last week which looks so great against South Carolina thinking oh wow everybody's taking a step forward TJ looks great in his first you know action really and then the the running game was back uh but this week both of those took a step back um I think overall the Tigers just they just were not ready for that you know you could see some uh, the defense did try to keep them in it you know there's some great plays early on and uh, it was what Zero zero after the first quarter, uh, Auburn didn't score for like I think another six or seven minutes, and then they just scored twenty one points to end the half. So I, I don't know. Then after that, it didn't really matter. Um, special yeah. teams. I mean, I almost thought uh, Trey Palmer was going to kind of. I wouldn't say he was going to get his back in the game, but it would have been a nice spark. Maybe that would have changed something, but you know, you, you'd never know unless he crossed the the goal line. But even Auburn's kicker tackled him, so even the, he had a great day. Uh, just goes to show you, just it's one of those days. You know, I guess we give it, but sometimes we have to take it. Uh, like that game a few years ago where Leonard Fournette just ran over everybody, was throwing guys off his back. You know, c- could you imagine what it must have been like as an Auburn fan just watching that game? Yeah, I was um, at that game. I remember that. Uh, right? It's like you got to know we're better than this. Yeah. Uh, but – you know, today or last, this past game, they were not. So I don't know. I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen to any of Coach O's, you know, Monday tell the truth talk. Um, I think he's probably doing his call in show. Is that tonight or tomorrow? Uh, that's tomorrow. Probably call in. It's either tomorrow or Wednesday, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's probably, probably Wednesday. Um, but he, he did a, you know, I guess a teleconference. And I don't know. He said, uh, nothing really new, nothing that, you know, it was like a, okay, he's figured it out. It's just, well, you know, we're going to look at everything. Uh, the guys didn't perform and 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I agree with everything, but it didn't really answer anything. So I don't know, Tommy. I'll start with you, man. Do you uh, is this season pretty much just a, a wash? I mean, we can we can still recruit like uh, we used to, but I don't know. I don't have a feeling that you know the Tigers might finish this season above 500, which hasn't happened since 1999. So I, I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm I'm okay to go with it. You know, after last season, I kind of at some point I'm sure I'll think it's comical, but. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just horrible to see, you know, stuff like that put on the field when you just know they're capable of so much more. I really think it's unacceptable. Um, you know that we talked about before. Um, we talked about it last season, going into the season, and then throughout the season, and then after the national championship, uh, the challenge for LSU and the question for LSU throughout the entire season was. Is this is this just a flash of the pan? Lucky year we got put everything together. We had it all together, and and we won the national championship. Had the best season ever, or is this the first step into a uh, building a top tier program? And I think that you know just judging by um, year you know next year after that that's it's clearly you know closer to the got lucky kind of or not even got you lucky, but. Um, you know, just have everything together one year. And it's not really a program that was more of a team. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's unacceptable. I think it's embarrassing. I think that uh, that loss, that, the way I think this is more – I think I could have been okay with us losing to Auburn. Um, but just the way we lost, it, it just didn't seem – that wasn't – I think Coach, Coach I said it today in the press conference, you know, it's not up to the LSU standard of performance. I think he said that multiple multiple times this year already and uh he's right but i you know and yes things have to change and yes you know they got to get the offense together they got to get the defense together they got but we've been you know how we got we got a, a less than two weeks from bama right now so i, I don't know how it's going to change that much you know and 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 gosh if we play the way we played against Auburn against Alabama they'll hang 100 on us it's just that simple <laughs> yeah. yeah the game it was it was painful to watch I I had stopped watching I think midway through the third quarter when it went, we, we can't talk when we went down 35 to three and you can't even really pin it on one specific thing you can say oh we had bad quarterback play uh, which is true but then also the defense uh, looked lifeless couldn't put any pressure on Bo Nix you gotta you gotta put him in the under some pressure turn him into Bo Picks and he didn't do his usual routine routine he found his players Auburn executed uh we looked like Halloween zombies out there couldn't move and uh yeah just pretty much embarrassing overall uh they they duked it out for a quarter but that was just before Auburn got their kind of wheels spinning and then it was downhill from there uh so there's not really too much to say. Um, nobody played that well. I mean, if you want to even try and find anything, it was that maybe Max Johnson looked all right in relief of TJ Finley uh, later on in the game. But by that time, Auburn had, yeah, string, probably. Auburn had most of their backups in. They pulled Bo Nix in the fourth quarter, so they could have probably ran it up even more on us, which is sad. 
Uh, and then we got a tough road ahead. We've got Bama, who is um, better than Auburn <laughs> in most respects. And so if this is what we do against medium to good opposition, uh, it scares me to see what we do against arguably the best team in the country. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's it's just uh, – I I think that I think that are we kind of all in agreement? I think Dana, we talked about this before the podcast, but Scott, do you think Pelini's gone? Is Pelini absolutely gone? Like, is he a dead man walking right now? I don't think they're going to fire him in the middle of the season, but come come January, are we uh, are we getting a new defensive coordinator? Uh, at this point, I would think yes, because um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. In my opinion, it depends how the rest of the season goes, really, right? Because, like, last game, they looked great against Vanderbilt, of course. You know, Vanderbilt, they they look great. So, it's like, if what if they, I don't know, if they over overachieve against Alabama? I don't know. Like, if, if the players are just ready for it. Uh, I don't know. Saying now, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I think it would be handled maybe a little bit differently. Like, Bo would find some opportunity elsewhere. I don't know. Um but yeah, it's just it, it, nothing. Nothing seems fixed. Mm-mm. You know, my, in my opinion, yeah, I think Bo Pelini is gone after the season, barring some miraculous circumstance where, like, we beat Alabama and Florida or it, something like if, that. Unless, unless we run the table, starting starting against Bama, we beat Bama, we beat Florida, beat A and M, win every game. We hold we hold Alabama to like four to like you know, one touchdown or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's right. But I don't know. I think that I even think, I hate to say it. I, I think coach O's probably thinking, man, I, I got to get together. I'm not saying he's going to get fired at the end of this year, but I think his seat is getting hotter. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking too, is part of my, part of the introduction. I wanted to say, you know, Gus Malzahn won the hot seat bowl again, mm-hmm. because had, had gone the other way, you know, I think uh, Gus Malzahn's seat would be getting hot again, but he always seems to save himself when it matters most. Now I will say this though. Um, what if both Pelini's deep, cause he's going to have a week off. They look better off for that last un, unanticipated bye week. So they'll have a week off before Bama. So you would think there would be improved and maybe miles is back. I don't know if that would make a difference, but you know, pertaining to the defense, like what if it does improve, but just the offense doesn't, it's like you saw the defense held fine for a quarter, you know, but kind of like back in the days past when, Les Miles' offense didn't go anywhere. It's like the defense will hold them in the game for as long as they can. But then after that, you know, the offense has got to do something, not only to put points on the board, but just take time off the clock, wear their defense down. So the Dars isn't always on the field, but that's what it seemed like uh, Saturday. It's like they were always on the field. So you're just not going to win like that, even if your defense is improved. It did really seem like a, like a vintage LSU performance. And that we just went back and forth and punted and couldn't really get anything going. You know what I mean? That fumble interception. And I think that's, a, that's again, that's another um, disappoint, disappointing, you know, thing to see when we all thought, you know, okay, we've taken the right, we've taken that step in the right direction where, you know, yeah, I don't, I think everyone expected to have a down year. Nobody, especially none of us, were saying LSU's going to go fifteen and zero again. And yeah, but we were predicting like seven and three, maybe eight and two, maybe like six and four at the worst. Yeah, but and but then like that's still that's not. None of us were saying, oh, we're going to be as good as we were last year. Yeah, yeah. And none of us, I don't even think 
did any of us predict LSU to make the playoff? Like, I don't think so. No, um, no, I, I said only if, only if like it, if it allowed it to where a two loss team got in again. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, I don't think that um, it's, it's just, you know, you, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to win every year. You don't have to be undefeated every year, but you do have to keep, keep some sort of level, you know, level of expectation up there. And right now, Coach O, Bo Pelini, uh, Insminger, you know, everybody, the entire team has not kept that level up. And I think that's a problem. I agree, uh, especially if you just look at the year before last season. You know, I guess it's Joe Burrow's first year. You could even go back to um, who was it uh, right before – who was before Burrow? I even forgot already. Danny Etling. Was he the last – yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because Miles was right behind him. So if you look at even Danny Etling's last year, what they finish nine and four or something, like. And, but they they didn't ever look that bad. Like they they might have, like you said, they might have lost to Auburn, and we understand that nah, we just you know we just don't have the personnel this year or Auburn whatever. Um, but to to lose like that, I mean, that's just you know just that's just a lifeless team right there. Because uh, I don't know. Um, I have to question, I don't know if it's Insminger or, or Orgeron, but I don't know if Steve Brady would have stuck with uh, TJ Finley after that because it just – nothing was working. Nothing went ahead. There was like one play where TJ got you know his helmet taken off after that, uh, that personal foul, so he had to sit out one play. Mm-hmm. And I was actually thinking kudos to these guys for trying something. Um, and instead of just running it with Mac Johnson in for one play or doing like a small thing – they went for the fences and had Jenkins actually caught it, it could have been a long gain, maybe even a touchdown. But it like hit him right in the hands and he dropped it. So yeah. it's like it to me, it's like this is just one of those games, man. It's just all these opportunities, missed opportunities pile up, and then then you're just stuck in the mud. And just LSU is just stuck in the mud. But uh, I feel like they should have brought in Max way sooner, especially after that perfect pass. Like if they were in a dome, it would have scraped the ceiling. It was that hard, that high of an arc. But he hit a perfect pass to him after sitting on the bench all season. So it's like, why not give it a try? That's why I didn't like about Les Miles. He was afraid to change things up too soon. I was like, well, are you just not wanting to hurt this guy? Do you not try, trying to lose too bad? Or you just do you not want to win? Mm-hmm. Like he was always playing not to lose. I want a guy that's going to try and win. That's what some of these other guys, when you talked about drop-offs from one quarterback to the next about different programs, maybe that talks to what you were saying about, you know, just a level, a sustained level. Um, but I don't know. I think you gotta, you have to play to win no matter what. Yeah. And also this might be a little kind of retrospective hindsight now, but I think this kind of puts to bed the argument that TJ Finley was like our guy after last week when compared to miles Brennan. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's fe- like for, for, for this year. Yes. Yeah. Cause people were saying like TJ, he's going to, we're going to roll with him for the rest of the year. Like, yeah, he played well against, um, South Carolina, but he's still a true freshman, and he showed that to or Saturday. And Max Johnson had a few moments of a nice pass to Keishon Butte, uh, but he wasn't stunning either. So uh, I think we're really going to hope that Miles Brennan gets healthy in time for the Bama game in order to at least hopefully make it competitive. Uh, yeah, although you know, I don't even know if Miles Brennan would have kept kept us in that game. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's as much the defense as it is TJ Finley or or you know whoever right. on the offense because. It, you know, I don't think is Auburn 
Am I am I wrong to say that Auburn is Auburn some sort of great offense? I don't think so. I don't think Auburn's Alabama's offense. I know that. I know they're not Clemson's offense. No, and they just they have some hard to tackle running backs, and like you said, Bo Nix, Seth Williams, yeah, and that's it. Like you know what I mean? Like, and they yeah they have got they've got good running backs. They got a, a good receiver who basically bails Bo Nix out of every single pass he throws. He just catches it. You know what I mean? But we made them look like we made them look like us from last year. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say about TJ that he had one pass where he just sailed it high, and it was a. Uh, that was the one that was returned, I think, to the four or whatever. Um, that, I mean, that was on him. But the next one, you know, he just – it'd be great if he had at least three seconds to throw the ball. It's like he uh, – he, I said this a couple weeks ago. He just – he's got he's to make a, a quicker decision. Um, but, you know, his line's not giving him at least two or three seconds. And then he got the ball knocked out of his hand because the guy was coming up on his backside. So then that, that one, I think it bounced off, you know, one of the linemen – went up in the air and was intercepted. I mean, that could happen to, to miles or max too, you know? It's, yeah. It's and I think of, also the fumble, I don't, I don't yeah. blame him for the fumble. Like, right. And, so and, it's and, a bad series of events. I feel like we, yeah. And I don't want to pile on to him because he's, he's a I, true I freshman. You do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, really I, I, I have more of a problem with, almost the entire with the hand you know it just feels it there's something there's something not right this this the team the program it doesn't feel like they have a sense of urgency or like a you know it it just it feels weird and i want that i want that that standard level of performance to come back yeah, one thing it kind of reminds me of in a bit of a scary way is almost like Florida State's program oh. where they won a championship in 2014, I think it was, not that long ago. With Jameis. With Jameis, when they just had an amazing season, they call that team one of like the best college teams ever. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they had a pretty quick decline, and now they've been fighting for like six and six seasons in the past like three years. They had coaching problems. They can't recruit as well anymore. And, I mean, it's maybe pretty early to call it something like that, but, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially if you continue to lose. I think also a, a more, you know, something that and we I've, I've said it multiple times, I feel like a lot of people will probably think, like, oh, Tommy quit saying this, but, like, I think also a comparable potential scenario is that, you know, we're falling into the Auburn 2010 track. You, you mm-hmm. get gifted – a generational Heisman Trophy quarterback who comes from who, who descends from the heavens, and you know, kind of it, it just it just win, basically wins you the whole year, and you you know, and it's not necessarily a uh, you know. Now I, I think that definitely last year's uh, season was a team season. You could you know it wasn't strictly Joe Burrow. It wasn't he wasn't the only person who contributed, but he was a very, very significant portion of it, of, of the, the, you know, success and similar to Cam Newton. I don't, you know, and I don't know if we're never going to get, you know, we're not going to get another Joe, you know, probably we're not going to get another, you know, absolute, like that season's not coming back. Um, but something that Auburn had to deal with, and that they're still, or you know, they're still kind of dealing with is the fact that, that it's trying to move on from that and and build a winning program year in year out without having that one generational player. Um, 
Gene Chizik lost his job because of it. I hope that doesn't happen to us, but I think that's something to, to remember. Yeah, I think something to also keep in mind too, and you know, we've talked about this. It's it's just such a a weird year. It's an anomaly of a year. Um, yeah. I, I still feel like, you know, as bad as it gets, as much as people want to say, fire coach, yo, it's like, well, you know what? Hey, he did. We did have a greatest season. And yeah, it, it kind of just all the pieces came together at the right time. It obviously was not, you know, uh, you know, his all of his football mastermindness at work. But, I mean, he did pull together those people. He had all the right coaches and all the right players. I mean, he had to get Joe Burrow. I mean, he, he could have gone anywhere, really, if he wanted. But, it, but not only that, but he put some – like, he got Joe Brady here. So, you got to give him credit for that. But also, it's like, think of what he's happened. He lost his star receiver, the Blitnikoff Award winner, just decided not to play this year. And then shortly after that, two star defensive linemen – opted out also one came back the other did not so like imagine if you know, you'd had the Jamar chase you had uh um you know these two defensive linemen that just never left the team Kerry Vincent as well right Kerry Vincent think can you think about that uh we had one guy uh opt out this past week um Apuika you know it's just it, it keeps happening granted you know like he wasn't necessarily a fit for for the scheme after they changed defensive uh, schemes. But I mean, but still it's like he, he keeps losing guys almost every week. It's like, uh, you know, it's not even, even guys with bad injury years and the team with bad injuries doesn't lose somebody every single week. So I don't know. He's just, I kind of, I kind of want to pile on with coach O, but I also feel for him because you know, who knows what else is going to happen. Like you said, there's just something missing from the team. It could mm-hmm. go back to the energy that we've talked about their swagger. But I think what needs to happen is kind of like what happened a few years ago with, with Les Miles. Um, you know, it's like these players also have to take it upon themselves. Jabril Cox keeps saying, yeah, it's just, it's not us. It's not like, well, you guys got to get together and figure it out. You know, it's, it, it can't all be on the coaches. I, I'll put some of it on the coaches, but like the players have to want this for themselves too. At the end of the day, they're the ones on the field. <laughs> got to got to play. Yeah. Like their pride's on the line here. Not just, you know, LSU's record numbers, but like they like there should maybe there should be a team meeting where guys get together and talk about this is not who we are. And it worked a few years ago. You mm-hmm. know, it's like they I think I don't know if they finished undefeated, but they they did pretty well after that. So maybe that's what needs to happen is these players need to just take more ownership of, of the season. I'll, I'll still defer most of the I'll put 51 percent or more on Coach Yo though, because uh, he's, he's got to figure it out, too. That's just, and that's just the nature of you know coaching college football and the yeah. the SEC. Yeah. Uh, I will say the the one it feel it does of all the years to be really bad. This is probably the worst year to be rebuilding and be bad. You know what I mean? It's like you're kind of right. Like if Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall were on the field, maybe maybe we have a little. You know, maybe TJ's able to throw maybe one touchdown. Yeah, against Auburn. And then maybe it's a little bit of a different game. We still lose, but we at least put up some points. You know, same thing with, uh, you know, if Kerry Vince is on the field, maybe maybe our our secondary doesn't get burned as much as just because he's got, you know, got some some experience and some leadership that a lot of these young guys don't have. Um, one other thing that that is kind of a, I'm not going to say silver lining because there really aren't any, um, but something to keep in mind is, uh, 
having all these people opt out and leave it, it uh, takes away our scholarship athletes or whatever. Like they, like they're no longer scholarship athletes for us, which cuts into the self-imposed sanctions that we gave ourselves. So Dana, what are the numbers? It's four yeah, for the pat for the next two years. Reduction of four each of the next for the next two years. So I think down to like eighty one scholarship athletes. I think they're allowed to have eighty five. Yeah. So like I, we were counting yesterday, and between who all's opted out: Apu Ika, Carrie Vincent, Jamar Chase. Uh, who's the Tyler Shelvin? Tyler Shelvin. So between the, so there's our four right there for twenty twenty one, I guess, or twenty twenty. Um, I don't know exactly the year, how they're doing the years. Cause it's kind of weird. Cause like, this is the 2020 season, but we're going into 2021 regardless, you know, that, that could be a positive or whatever. So that way we're not, it's not like we're losing out on, uh, on, you know, new guys, I guess. Right. Um, right. I mean, we just got two new guys too, uh, which uh, we definitely got to get to in a second, but just to pick it up, I think in addition to the, you know, the, the, the big name people that we lost, it's like the, even some of the smaller, like uh, the smaller uh, roles that, you know, just, it's like, instead of Clyde Edwards, we have three running backs and I don't know. It's like, if you go with the old expression, if you have two quarterbacks, you, you don't have any, you know, yeah. something like that. It's like last year we had Clyde and, he he was great. Other guys played as well, but it's like there's just no comparison to Clyde. So I feel like there's still a huge drop off from that. And when Otherwise, you went out, when 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 the team stepped out on the field, you knew it was going to be Joe and Clyde in the backfield. Nowadays, you know you don't know is it going to be like we've seen Emory get the start, we've seen Curry get the start, and we've seen uh, Davis Price come out there. So you're kind of right about that. Yeah, no, it's just it's just. But it's like none of them – I don't know. You think someone would have separated or they all would have had like some some great uh, combination games. But uh, I don't know. It's just – it's like it looked good last game, but this game and then the game before last game was, was not. So it, that's what I'm saying. It's just they haven't figured that out. And I think that kind of what stalled them is like, you know, they couldn't run the ball. That We thought that opened things up for TJ. Uh, but, you know, that just, that just did not happen. Um, but yeah, I feel like Trey Palmer is gonna break another one off here pretty soon. He almost did this past game, which was great. Um, oh, and then how about Derek Stingley? That 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 fumble or that strip right before the the end zone. That was big. But yeah, so it's like they still got some talent in all phases of the game. It's just it's just not all cohesive. It is. It's weird to me. Um, I don't know if it's the move to the four three, uh, but our secondary sometimes, like even Derek Singley, doesn't seem as locked down as it's last year. And you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's like kind of a, a, a all around defense thing, a Pelini thing, or something like that. I mean, I, I know Derek Singley hasn't changed. I I don't think you know what I mean. Like it's not like his, it's not like he lost talent or anything like that. Um, it's just weird though. Like it, it's like they're not. It's like they're. It's almost like they're playing with a hand tied behind their back. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because before, like that was something you could rely on pretty much. Like we weren't the best defense in the country, but uh, we weren't just going to let people air raid us basically. Um, and now, just people, it looks like the DBs just don't even really know where to go. You miss your assignments. You get 
like put on a pick play and then the guy's wide open. And it's just, I don't know whether it's, yeah, like you said, lack of experience or the defensive scheme or, or what, but that is tough. Yeah, I mean, we missed some Grant Delpit back there too. Maybe you know? I think I think safety. Yeah, I think I think we're missing. Yeah, Jacoby Stevens is a really good safety, but he he really he plays. He's much better, I feel like, in the box as a run stopper, pass rusher. You know, get up in people's face, make tackles. I don't think he's much of a coverage guy. Um, so yeah. you know, maybe maybe that's it. Grant Delpit was was a great you know free safety rangy almost center fielder type so i guess maybe we're missing that um we're missing a lot of things (laughs) well uh what we're not missing is uh you know some recruiting why don't we just hop to that you know keep it positive before we uh completely go off into the ditch but uh i was gonna toss it over to you daniel because you know even like you said even in spite of this game lsu still got two huge pickups uh this week I don't, I don't know if they were before or after the game but um i don't think that matters coach o has even asked that in his press conference you know uh about the the guys that he's still recruiting after this because if it was a bye week normally he'd be recruiting he said well you know what the guys that you know that want to come here they you know they don't care they they see this as an opportunity for them to come help the team that they want to play for you know so that's maybe why these guys aren't aren't shying away just because lsu has a unexpected inexcusable blowout loss on the roads so uh daniel why don't you uh why don't you tell us who was not scared off by that <laughs> ugly football this weekend yeah so pretty much the lone big bright spot on saturday was the commitment of sage ryan to lsu saturday morning uh, he's the number one safety we just talked about we need some safety help yeah exactly he's the the number one safety prospect in the country for the 2021 class and is our first five-star pickup for this uh, year's class. Rajon Davis used to be a five-star, but then got demoted, I guess. <laughs> Downgraded as soon as he uh, committed to LSU. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so Sage is the number 28 player in the country. He projects as kind of more of a strong safety, but for uh, his high school Lafayette Christian, he also plays a lot of like running back and wide receiver, plays both ways. Um, but yeah, could definitely fill in the defense. Super athletic. Um, and yeah, 5'11", 193, kind of the, prototypical like kind of mid-size safety so uh really excited about him and that was especially big because his recruitment was coming down to LSU and Alabama for a long time it looked like LSU locked staying in state right but then Bamba was put on the heat strong towards the end and just in the last like two weeks all the reports were saying he's flipping the Bama it was like five crystal balls yeah even even up till Friday night when he said he was committing to he was committing Saturday morning and everybody was like locking in Bama and then he stuck with LSU. So that was kind of a huge pickup. Um, and this is also one that people say is going to keep on being a recruiting battle until he signed his letter yeah. of intent. Like Nick Saban's going to keep calling him, uh, keep saying like, what's going on Sage. Uh, they're not doing too well over there in Baton Rouge. We're about to win a championship here uh, in Alabama. Uh, so hopefully he can, he can stay strong for the Tigers. Yeah, that was a, he is a huge pickup for us. And, and, um, you know, it's important. It's important to also note that uh, that's uh, Kevin Falk's cousin, or nephew, I think. Or, or, yeah, it's his nephew. So, um, so that's good. 
Yeah, and it also proves that we can still we can still recruit. Yeah, <laughs> one hold down the big prospects in state. Uh, the one remaining that we really need is Mason Smith, five star defensive tackle. Um, and then also, yeah, that recruits haven't just completely given up on us with a rough start, even though he already kind of had some ties to the Tigers. I will say that, and, and you know, kind of Scott, you said the same. You said it like, or also, I think you said Coach O said it. Um, maybe, maybe you know, Corey Foreman, Mason Smith, all the top recruits who are considering LSU are saying, you know what, I go in there right now. If I'm the team I'm looking at right now, I start, I start as a high school senior. If I get in there, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let me reclassify. I want to go play. I want to go play in December. Yeah. Plug and play as soon as possible. And then uh, on Sunday, uh, yesterday afternoon, we got a commitment from Jack Beck, who's a wide receiver from St. Thomas Moore, also in Lafayette. Um, he wasn't really on like high on LSU's radar. He's only a three-star wide receiver. I think he's a four-star on rivals. Um, but he is really g- kind of good, big size and speed um, and is actually the fourth wide receiver for this 2021 class. So we're kind of building that out. I think we had four as well in 2020. Um, so building a lot of depth there. And he, in his commitment video, he was posing pictures with Walker Howard, who's committed as our quarterback for the 2022 class. So they're buds. Um, we'll see if they can uh, keep the connection on the field for LSU in the future. So with, uh, with both of them, that brings us up to 21 total commits for 2021. So four left, um, kind of the big prospects. We're still hoping Mason Smith, like I mentioned, Corey Foreman, the number one player in the class is still possible um although if LSU doesn't perform as well it could be rough and then uh, a few other guys uh Brian Thomas the number one wide receiver in Louisiana and then not really sure who the last player would be but uh looking okay right now I think we've got the number four class overall in the country so uh even if this year is a little bit down hopefully we can pick it back up soon <laughs> yeah that's that's really you know what we need to do even I think that this year's kind of a wash already. Um, you know, we're not going to the playoff. Like, sorry, <laughs> spoiler alert. I don't think we're going to the playoff. Um, we're lucky have... to go to a, a New Year's Day bowl. Or, like, we're lucky to go to maybe a bowl. <laughs> well, we're going to go to a bowl because I saw some stat where it was like every team's going to go to a bowl almost. <laughs> yeah, well, it changed the rules so teams that have a losing record, like there, there is no record like restriction. Like any team can play in the bowl game. So yeah. we might be in the in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, which is I hear is pretty prestigious. I think that'd be kind of I, like the one thing the, the one the other thing to kind of, you know, silver lining, if if we go to a bad bowl, then it makes it easier for fans to go. So maybe we'll take a trip, go to the bowl. But uh, can't wait to play in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not going to Idaho. Maybe we'll right. hopefully we can go play in like the Nashville Music City Bowl. Or if we what if we played in the how embarrassing would it be to play in the Independence Bowl at Shreveport? <laughs> that would be weird. We're talking about Florida no. State. I saw Florida State play in the Independence Bowl. This is like eight or nine years ago, but really, yeah, I don't even know why I went, but I went to that game. It was Florida state, I think versus South Carolina, maybe it was like a weird game. <laughs> so it was Shreveport. Yeah. Was this so like we, Bobby Bowden's? Was he still coaching or was Jimbo? I, I can't even remember what happened at the game, but it was weird. <laughs> yeah. That sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, I, I mean, six and six normally would get you, into one of the bottom tier, but yeah, I've seen some, some five and six, but that's just because they keep adding bowls. They want to 
fill out the the slate, but you know, you don't need more bowl games. That's just a, it's just a moneymaker. It's like, it's like film festivals, you know, <laughs> they're, they're not always, they're not all doing it because they want to have the best films. It's just, it's a moneymaker. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, so I think, and I say, luckily we don't have a game this weekend. We have a buy. I think LSU can get some, some things corrected. Some things I don't think will be corrected until, uh, I don't know, until, until next year when they see what kind of player, like see who stays, who they have. Uh, I mean, that's, and it's something coach also said today in his press conference and part of me thought, well, you know, that's, that's encouraging to hear. You're always looking, but then also it's like uh, he said something about, you know, the players that we have and um, it's like, well, hold on coach. He, you know, you still got guys there that want to play. They want to play their hearts out for you, but he's always talking about, yeah, we're still looking at, you know, college graduate transfers or, or just, transfers uh like yeah i mean if you can get another jabril cox or of you know some version of him in the defensive line or uh you know a linebacker again something like that that's great uh, i just think it you know i don't know how that affects your other recruiting but they're always looking man i mean the, i don't know if they would bring in another you know joe burrow type situation i don't know if one exists out there but I, I, I believe Coach Yo. Uh, as much as I feel like that might hurt some recruiting chances, like, well, you can take the guy that wants to come now that's going to play and that you know could probably start next fall, or you could wait and see if some guy that said he wants to come play for you actually commits to you on signing day. So I was like, you know, it's one in the hands worth two in the bush kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the guys that you want if they're available because they can transfer and play immediately. Uh, I say, I say go for it. Why not? Yeah, I guess the other thing that might be kind of like, oh, well, maybe maybe Coach O is just uh, he's just on another level, and he's he's basically bringing tanking into college football because <laughs> all these players that we have um, are are all eligible for another year now, regardless of what you know what happens because of the COVID restrictions or whatever. So maybe, maybe coach O just like had a secret meeting with the whole team and said, Hey guys, who cares what happens? You know, we're going to, uh, all y'all just stay. And then we're going to bring in a whole, another class of freshmen next year. There's going to be a great class. And then we're going to have a super team. So that's, maybe that's something to look forward to. He kind of said as much, he said he still expects him to compete for a championship. And the guys they have coming in will help them, blah, 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 blah. But um, I don't know. That's that's coach talk too, you know? Yeah, true. Um, so I don't know if you uh, – I mean, I would. I was going to ask you, you know, what do you think would help them most this off week? But, you know, considering Bam is your next opponent, I, I feel like they should just play keep away. They should just try and run out the clock, go for another 6-3 game. I don't know. It's like think, what, what hope kind we- of is there? The thing that we need is for Mac Jones to get COVID or something like that. <laughs> like it's no, really like I think, I think even I mean like you need. You think we can stop Najee Harris? I, I, me and you were talking about this yesterday, Daniel. Like we could hand the ball off to Najee Harris and probably get the win. <laughs> like me and Daniel were talking about Scott. What do you think? Do you think that you could quarterback for Alabama and uh, and get a win? But you have to like legitimately play the position. Like you have to get in there. You have to take snaps. You have to. We were saying like if they were playing Vanderbilt, like could yeah, you could you could, could pick the your average Yeah, well, we were saying ourselves. I, I think I, I think I could. I think I could will Bama to a win. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think I could. I can. Uh, I'm six three. I can see over the line better than Drew Brees. I can hand off like nobody's business, <laughs> but I also know that I can. I can throw it at least forty yards. So I can. With I can pads on. Oh yeah. Really? Scott, Scott's got a cannon. <laughs> Scott, do you still have some eligibility? I think, yeah, no. I think we might have a spot for you at LSU. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't play soccer, but I could definitely play football there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know, but that's now you're talking like, what was that? An invincible or what? You know, the, the story of the 40 year old that comes back to play. Uh, play for the Eagles? Eagles? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah, yeah. But there was, a, I think there was a college version of that. Um, Anyway, yeah, it was some some old school movie where some old guy came back and played. Well, there was some uh, guy that made the news. This it was a few years ago. This fifty fifty five year old uh, went back to get his college degree and ended up playing football. So, oh wow, they're not. Yeah, there wasn't any age discrimination. They're like, all right, but if you want to come out here, I mean, you got to imagine his body's really hurting now, but. I remember it's there was not, a big. It's not out of the question, is what I'm saying. There was a big deal when a guy who was a veteran like came back from Iraq or something and like finished his, you know, commitment and went to college. He was like 30 something years old, but he played for Clemson. I think he played like tight end. Do you remember that? Or he played on kickoff team or something. He like actually got playing time, but yeah, he was like How an old older was he? guy. He was like uh, 30 something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Zach von Rosenberg. Zach von Rosenberg. Yeah. He'll, I was about to say the, the, is the movie you're talking about the Zach von Rosenberg story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, I forget who it was, but, uh, no, yeah, he's he's old himself. I think well, he's only like twenty eight. I think right? he I think he just turned thirty, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's thirty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. It's the new twenty. Uh, yeah. Do y'all want to you want to talk about some games to watch this week? Since sure. LSU's not not going in. Yeah. Break it down. Yeah. No, I guess. I'll <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's kind of two like marquee games, I guess. Um, one I'm sure you'll be watching Scott is the Georgia Florida game uh, yep. Saturday afternoon. That's a big, big one. The, the world's largest cocktail party, although they don't they don't want to call it that anymore. But that's what it is. Now it's the world's largest mocktail party. You can't get it. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so that basically decides the East every year at this point. So a uh, nice top ten matchup. People are saying Georgia might switch their their starting quarterbacks. So yeah, Dewan Mathis or JT Daniels uh, since they kind of squeezed it out against Kentucky uh, this past week. And then uh, the other one is Clemson versus Notre Dame at night. Basically, Clemson's biggest test of the year after they barely beat Boston College. I don't know if y'all watched that, but they were down by 18 yeah. and a half. Uh, no Trevor Lawrence, and he's not playing against Notre, Notre Dame, Dame either. either. Yeah. So uh, DJ Yui Agalale will have to put the team on his back. I've been working on that pronunciation. <laughs> is that really how you say it? Yeah. Yui Agalale? Yui Agalale. Wow. I thought Pretty it was Ugalele. <laughs> No, they had like a little graphic on the screen against Boston College, like how to pronounce it. So I was kind of like talking to like to myself, like pronouncing it while I was watching the game. That's funny. Um, uh, look and see what else is. There's not much else out there. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ranked teams playing unranked teams. Uh, but yeah, how about uh, Texas got a big win against Oklahoma State? So I, I'm pretty much willing to say that I don't think anyone from Big Twelve is going to be in the playoff. Unless uh, unless the Big Ten just totally collapses on themselves, yeah. Oh, and the other big news is that the Pac-12 gets in action this week for all you uh, diehard um, Pac-12 fans out there. I don't think they'll be playing after dark though. Is that correct? Um, I think let's see. We got Stanford at Oregon six thirty p.m. Oh, actually, no, we got oh, Washington yeah, Cal versus plays at ten thirty. Yeah, oh, okay, Cal yeah. Washington. They're kicking off at nine thirty Central. So uh, 
Okay. You can burn the midnight oil. I, I appreciate some good pack hold <laughs> after dark. So. We'll finally get to see if they're, if they're any good or not. Oregon's kind of their, their only hope at this point. Um, also got a shout out uh, to Purdue Boilermakers. My brother goes to Purdue and they're 2-0. So they, they're facing Wisconsin this week. So they might get what's coming to them. Although Wisconsin is without their starting quarterback, who's, uh, who's also got the corona. So they may have a chance. I just had to, to mention that one. Huh. So mm. boiler up, I'm doing better than LSU. Yeah, they are. Well, that's, that's not saying much, because um, a lot of people are doing better than LSU at this point. True. But LSU can do better. We can always look forward. They can do better. I mean, this next game is not going to get us probably back in the win column. But uh, I mean, if they put up a good fight, but you know, it comes down to a few plays. I'd be okay with that. Then I'd say, okay, they're doing something. We just need to play with a bye week every week. Um, I don't know if that's possible from here on out, but uh, I think Coach O should lobby for that in the offseason. Just make it a 20-week-long season. Yep. Yeah, also, the uh, the MAC is back with a vengeance in their first week. They got six games ready for Wednesday. <laughs> so if you're a big Wednesday football fan, I got some action coming your way. Hey, I mean, you know what? There are worse things to be watching on Wednesday. That's true. It might have that, that post-election hangover. You just need to watch some like teams in some Midwestern States that could have swung the election either way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, lots to look forward to. We could talk about that since LSU won't have a game to cover, but uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be some more recruiting news, uh, just some more news in general. Uh, yeah, you never know. Like some more people could get it. And yeah, like, I guess that was one thing. Uh, I know we're, we finished bashing LSU, but just watch, I watched some of that Clemson game. Uh, before the LSU came came on, and I was thinking, man, this is this is this is goes back to the program level that you're talking about because without their quarterback, they're down twenty eight to ten at one point, and I was thinking, yay, finally, cool, someone's going to knock Clemson off. But nope, it just you know they had a halftime to talk about it, and they came out and they played differently. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what you need, and that's the and I think that's the difference. You know, yeah. the same thing with with. We've, we've, we've seen Alabama, you know, play around with different teams and, and look like they're in trouble. But Like the Ole Miss game a couple of weeks ago when yeah. it was reasonably close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's the difference between a sustained level program versus, uh, you know, uh, having, uh, having up and down roller coaster years where you have incredible teams and then the team goes down because you lose everybody. We did lose that. We lost a ton of people, 19 people, you know, 19 starters. But um, still, if we want to, if we want to become, if we want to be in the same conversation year in, year out as Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, you, you, we have to take that step. Yeah. Yep. You got to, it's all about sustainability. Uh, I mean, I didn't like it when Isaiah Simmons made that comment about one hit wonders, but, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I can't say I can really disagree. <laughs> you know, I can't really argue the opposite of what he said either. It's like, uh, you know, if LSU wasn't a one-hit wonder, you know, like maybe we'd just be at three and two instead of two and three. But who knows? At least we're not um, a zero-hit wonder. Still one, though. True, true. Um, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's another tidbit of information, the, the athletic departments uh said they're gonna cut down on on staff trying to cut the budget they're trying to streamline 
getting rid of a bunch of positions. They didn't really say what positions, though, right? They just said they're getting rid of some coaching and analysts positions. Did you guys see that? Yeah, and I also saw that Coach O and Will Wade are taking pay cuts. Yeah, I think it's all employees who make over 80000 a year taking a 5% pay cut. Um, so obviously that affects them more heavily as the, the higher end earners, but, uh, LSU pinching the pennies when they only got 25% in the stadium, can't quite sell as many ticks. Right. Yep. And, uh, yeah, those guys have been able to drive up their own price recently too. Um, well, I don't know, that might, I might just about do it. Do you guys have any, uh, any final thoughts before we head into this well-deserved bye week not too much. Uh, LSU won't lose this week, so that's kind of nice. Um, so hey. enjoy the games and hopefully get ready for Bama next week. Yeah. Let's just uh, let's cool down and recover during this weekend so that way we can uh, prepare ourselves for, for when uh, Tuscaloosa comes to town. Right. We, gotta, we have to brace ourselves. Um, I don't know. Hopefully playing in Tiger Stadium again might help. We'll see. Um, because I, I think that was probably the biggest crowd they've had to play against at Auburn, right? Like there is somewhat of an environment there. Yeah. I don't know if LSU's up to their ticket allotments, but uh, maybe they need to. Who knows? We'll see. But um, I guess until then, um, we'll talk to you guys next week with all this week's action and uh, any LSU news that comes out, obviously. And uh, then we'll look forward to Bama. So until then. Stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.